Good morning. It really is a joy to welcome you to our online campus and our online broadcast for this second week. It's not anything any of us planned to have to deal with the impact of COVID-19 on our society. And yet we've been thrilled, actually, uh, overwhelmed at your response to this ministry offering from Eastside Church of God. So if you're a regular part of the Eastside family, know that we've already been praying for you. And if you're new to us through this webcast, welcome to the family. We are so glad to have you as we worship Jesus Christ today as the people of God. We're in the middle of a series of sermons that we've titled Conversations. And it's called that because it's set in the setting of the last evening of Jesus' earthly life. He had gathered his disciples together to be able to share with them the things that were most important to him. And each week, as we've been moving from Ash Wednesday through the Lenten season up to Easter, we're taking this opportunity to to look into John chapter 14 and 15 and 16 and 17 and hear again the, the words and the conversation that were going on between Jesus and his disciples. And so this morning, we're going to look at a few verses that, that quite honestly blow me away in their relevance for what we're dealing with now in our world. Because a global pandemic is not something that any of us have lived through in any magnitude measuring it close to this in our lifetimes. So those who are looking at you going, hey, I'm an expert and I know how to get through this, they really aren't. They're just people like you and like me who are trying to find their way through. But I do know somebody who is an expert on everything. His name is Jesus Christ. And that's why he took the time on the night before he died to sit down with his disciples. You see, they had come into a room expecting one thing. They came in expecting the Passover that they had known all of their lives as Jewish men. All of their lives, they'd gathered with their families. There was a ritual that they went through every year. And they came into that room thinking that's what the night would hold. And Jesus, well, Jesus flipped the script. Jesus completely turned it on them and, and showed them things about the very meal that they thought they knew that they had never even considered. One of the things he did was he washed their feet simply because they had forgotten to do that. They were so wrapped up in power that they forgot about servanthood. And, and Jesus wanted them to understand that servanthood is really the source of all real power. And then they, they got wrapped up in, in this whole thing of, of how they were going to live and what was going to happen as Jesus told them that he was going to die the next day and, and then be resurrected on the third day. And their minds were blown by that concept. And Jesus kept trying to tell them that, listen, I'm still going to be with you. Even though I'm not going to physically be with you, I'm, I'm going to send my spirit to be with you, to, to empower you, to, to strengthen you, to, to guide you and sometimes correct you and all the time comfort you. And in the middle of that conversation, in, in the middle of, of that time of having everything turned upside down, Jesus, Jesus said some very powerful words. They're recorded for us in John chapter 15. And verse 12, listen as I read. This is my commandment, that you love one another. 
as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lays down their life for their friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what their master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. The disciples had heard Jesus many times answer the question, what is the greatest commandment? With the answer, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and and love your neighbor as yourself. And now in this moment, as he's getting ready to lay his life down on a cross, die for their sins, for your sins, for my sins, for the sins of the world, to allow himself to be the sacrificial offering for things we can't control. He says to them, listen, there's, there's that one thing, that one thing I, I want you to remember. I want you to remember that, that I love you so much. I love you more than anyone else in the world loves you. Last week, I, I asked parents who were watching our online stream with their families to take just a moment and hit the pause button and take a moment to let your children know that no matter what they're hearing on the news, no matter what they're seeing online, no matter what their friends are texting them or whatever tweets they're reading, that, that you as their parents want them to know, this is, this is going to be okay. See, the answer to a global pandemic is a, a global understanding of the love of God. The answer to the anxiety that that we're feeling with social distancing and, and the curtailing of our schedules is, is the answer of the love of God. And what Jesus said to the disciples, he, he says to us, he says, listen, I want you to, to love each other and, and I know you can figure out how to do it. I know you can figure out how to do it because I've loved you. And you've felt that love. You've experienced that love. You, you see, what, what Jesus was telling the disciples is that love that is received is received in order to be given. You and I don't just receive the love so that our empty glass is filled up. I think that's the way the world tells us love is. We need love. We need somebody to care for us. But but what, what Jesus is telling us is that he's already loved us. And he loves us in such a way that that John in one place in his writings would say it like this, that here's how we know what love is. <laughs> Jesus first loved us. See, now, I'm not sure we really understand that. But that's what Jesus wanted us to understand. I'm not sure the disciples totally understood it. But that's what Jesus wanted them to understand. He wanted them to understand that that the love we receive isn't just for our own fulfillment, 
the love we receive is a love that we are to give. We can love because we've been loved. Now, I know, I know there are some of you, some of you who are struggling with that right now because there have been some hard things happen in your life. There have been some places of darkness and some disappointment and, and depression. And I understand that when the world is in chaos, it is hard to really believe that you are loved. And yet, that's exactly what Jesus said to the world. He said, look, I love you so much that I'm willing to give up everything for you. I'm willing to give up my position in heaven and come and be a, a human being. This unique creation of God, this, this unique inspiration of God to, to leave behind all of the things of heaven and come and, and just spend time with you. This morning, before we go any further, I really do want you to take just a moment and, and focus on the fact that regardless of your situation, regardless of our world condition, regardless of the pain in your life, you are loved. Jesus loved you enough that you could actually figure out how to love somebody else. And I would even suggest to you that if you don't feel that love, then you don't really know how to love somebody else. Because until you've been loved unconditionally, until you've been loved by someone who looks at you when you fail, who looks at you when you screw it all up, who looks at you when you've got all the doubts and all the questions and says, you know what, I still love you, then you you have a hard time loving somebody else. Jesus looked at these men who had watched him do miracle after miracle after miracle. These men and the women who were gathered in the room who had heard him teach and, and watched him heal, who had watched him answer the questions of the, the intellectuals of the day and, and answer them with a spirit of humility and a spirit of grace and a spirit of truth. And Jesus said to them, look, you know who I am. And so I just want to give you one commandment. I want you to love. In the world we're living in right now, in this global pandemic, there will be many people, maybe some in your own household, who need who yearn to be loved. So Jesus says, look, because I love you, I want you to love them. Look at it again with me in his word. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Jesus was so brilliant in that he gave us the model for how to love. He showed us what he was asking of us. My uh, father-in-law was an engineer, and he was very well-trained and very gifted as an engineer. And there was not anything I ever saw in his 80 years of life, in the 40 years or so that I knew him, 
that I couldn't watch my father-in-law sit down, analyze, and figure out. If he would watch me, when I would try to sit down and analyze and figure out how to fix something that was broken. And he was always so patient with me. I remember one particular time uh, I was having some car trouble with an old car that I had driven home for the holidays. My wife and I had piled our kids in it and managed to limp it into St. Louis where her family lives. And I had chosen that, that time I would, I would show my father-in-law that I knew exactly how to fix that car. And so I went to the auto parts store and I bought the part that I needed. And I began to work on the car. And my father-in-law never once interrupted me. Never once said, hey, you should do this or you should do that. And in fact, all he did was sit there, pull up a chair and watch me. And I... I was working with such fervor, and yet I had so much futility because I really, I really didn't know how to do what I was trying to do. Now, if you had given me a book to read, or if you had given me a, a Greek text to translate, or if you had given me some other thing that I had training in, well, maybe I, I could have done that. But, but this particular auto mechanic role was not in my wheelhouse at all. And so after 30, 40, 50 minutes... In frustration, I I rolled out from under the car and I said, I just don't think this will ever be fixed. And he very gently said, have you tried this? I said, what? He said, use this tool. The tool you've been using is the wrong tool. I said, why didn't you tell me? He said, you wouldn't listen. I took the tool he gave me and in 15 minutes, the part was fixed. The car was running And I was amazed. And he said something to me that I will never, ever forget. If you have the right tool to do the job, you can do the right job. Why do I remember a story like that on a day like today? Because that's exactly what Jesus was saying to the disciples. Look, I'm sending you out into the world so that you can tell the world about me. That you can tell the world about our Heavenly Father so that God can be glorified and that the world will know that they are loved. And by the way, here's the tool you're going to use. You're going to use the tool of the way I have loved you. No one can love in a better way than they've been loved. Jesus knew that. And so he said to the disciples, look, this is my commandment. The same way I've loved you, you go love the world. And that's exactly what he's saying to us right now. In 2020, in the midst of a cultural upheaval, he's saying, I love you so you can love the world. How do you love the world? Well, you see, love is best given the way Jesus gave love. So how did Jesus give love? Listen, you are my friends John chapter 15, verse 14. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Mm. What did he say in verse 13 that we read a few minutes ago? Greater love has no one than this, that someone lays down their life for their friends. See, Jesus, Jesus said to them, I've shown you, I've given you, I've prepared you. You need to know love is best given through sacrifice. Love is best shared 
in a sacrificial way. Paul would know that, the Apostle Paul, who would come to know Jesus even after Jesus' death and burial and resurrection. On a road to Damascus from Jerusalem, Paul and his friends were traveling with orders to to capture and kill all the Christian people that they could find in Damascus, to imprison them or kill them because they viewed them as heretics. And along the way, Paul encountered Jesus, and it changed his life. It changed everything about him. So that Paul would later on in his life write these words from Romans chapter 5. He would be talking about how greatly we were loved when he said this. While we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, love, love that changes the world, love that impacts your life and my life, can only come from people who know that they've been loved and the people who know they're loved know it because someone sacrificed to show it to them. Jesus has given us the right tool for the job. How are we gonna respond to the social distancing? With love. How are we gonna respond to the long lines at the store with empty shelves inside? With love. How are we going to respond to the anxiety and the fear of a world where there's a virus that no human being has figured out how to, how to solve, how to heal with love? See, what, what we really have to understand is that Jesus' instructions to the disciples and his instructions to us, his command, if you will, is that there is nothing outside the purview of love. Love never fails. Love always wins. But if we don't feel loved, how can we love? And so Jesus tells the disciples, look, I get it. I get it. Sacrificial love is hard. It requires sacrifice. And when it requires sacrifice... Then, then it's going to cost us something. But I want you to understand the power of it. Listen to the next couple of verses. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master's doing. But I, I've called you friends. For all that I've heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. So that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. I, I love that passage. Too many times, I think, when we read it, we, we get stuck on those last few verses. Whatever you ask the Father, uh, he may give it to you. And we forget the earlier part of the verses where he's telling us that, that this sacrificial love, this love that, 
that is expressed best in sacrifice actually creates relationships. Relationships where we go from being servants to being friends, where we understand that that we are chosen, that we we have been gifted, we have been empowered, we, we, we are the people of God. I talked with some friends this week who were in quite a bit of dismay about the circumstances of our world. I mean, after all, everything we consider normal has been shifted around. And the anxiety is understandable. I get that. But there's something in me right now, something that won't go away as I keep watching the world and listening to people and seeing the opportunity. Because you see, I really believe this is an opportunity. I believe this is an opportunity for us to be the church. I think this is an opportunity for us to be the people of God. I think the greatest opportunity to love a world is in a world that doesn't feel loved. And I think you and I have that opportunity to demonstrate that that the sacrificial love of God that we can experience in our own life and therefore can empower us to love can also create relationships that empower others. Earlier this week, I, I happened to catch a, a small video, about, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 minute video on Facebook. It was posted by a pastor friend of mine over in Northeast Ohio. He, I, I know this young pastor because when he was a student at Anderson University, he was in the pews of this church every Sunday. He worked in our children's ministry. I remember his call to ministry. I remember his diligence. And and over the years, he and I have kept in touch. And so when it flipped up on my Facebook feed, a little video post from him with his picture, I thought, I want to see what he's saying in light of the world's situation. And much to my surprise, he was interviewing a young doctor, a, a young doctor who's an emergency room doctor in the state of Michigan. So a pastor from Ohio is interviewing a doctor from Michigan, and the ER doctor is telling his friend, the pastor, about what he's researched and what he's found out about COVID-19. I I honestly was blown away because, you see, my first memory of the doctor and the pastor is when they were college freshmen, (laughs) athletes at Anderson University. And to compare these two men now in their mid to late 30s with careers and families and intellect and impact to the 18-year-olds that I met when they came through the doors of this congregation, uh, they're totally different guys right now. But they were giving of themselves. They were sharing of the best. And, and what hit me was how you, Eastside, those of you that this is your church home, how many hundreds, if not thousands, of people who are around the globe right now making a difference in the lives of people through the medical community, through the religious community, through the educational community, they, they do that partly because you were a place where they could feel loved. And where they could learn what it means that God has called them to be friends, not just servants. And that Jesus is empowering them just as he empowers each of us to know what it is he's calling us to do. And what blew me away was this sense of calmness in the two of them and this sense of wonder in my soul 
about how the love they've both received from the body of Christ is allowing them, empowering them to share the love of Christ with the people they meet in the emergency room, in the sanctuary, in the food pantry, in the health clinic, all the places they go. And dear ones, what I want you to know is that God is using you too. And he's calling you. And this time of upheaval, this time of, this time of fear, this time of angst in our society is the perfect time for people who have been loved by Jesus to love sacrificially. For we are no longer his servants, although he is our leader and teacher. He has called us his friends. And when we, when we accept that call, he invites us into this relationship. He creates and empowers an understanding of who we are that, that impacts us and the world. The last thing I want to tell you is exactly what Jesus said. He said, these things I command you so that you will love one another. Over these next few days, over these next few weeks, some would even tell us over these next few months, the world is going to be different than you and I have ever experienced it before. But in that difference, one thing remains the same. God has called us, all of us who have experienced his love, to love everyone around us. And that starts in your home. That starts in your neighborhood. But most of all, it starts in your soul. So this morning, as you're gathered in your home, either with a group of friends or as you're watching this online in a watch party or, or as you're individually watching it on your mobile device, I, I want to encourage you that you will make an impact in the world around you if you will use the tool you've been given by God to love everyone that you meet. There is one group of people, however, that I want us to kind of close our time together thinking about and praying for. And, and that, that is that group of people who have to place themselves, for lack of a better term, in harm's way in order to protect us. The, the nurses, the technicians, the doctors, the law enforcement officers, the people who are our first responders, the EMTs, the ambulance drivers, the, the people who, who can't just call in sick because they've made a commitment to care for the rest of us. Today, on this second Sunday of COVID-19 2020, I want to ask you, could we just take a few minutes and pray for them. If you're one of those first responders or emergency personnel or one of those nurses and doctors and technicians, just know that here at Eastside, we're praying for you. And if you know one of them, 
as I'm praying, would you just insert their name in your prayer and pray for their wisdom, pray for their safety, pray for them to use the tools they've been given in the very best way possible. Let's pray together. Abba, Papa, your son told us that we could approach you with that kind of intimacy and respect, and so we do today. We come before you on behalf of our world, a world that is in some sense of anxiety or angst or some level of panic in many, many places. And yet, none of it escapes you. None of it is beyond your view. And none of it has surprised you. And so right now, we thank you for loving us in such a way that we could love the world, our world, not the massive concept, but the, the individual person. And right now, I ask you to help those who are watching and listening to know how much you love them and show them how to love the people around them. We ask you to protect and strengthen and empower those who are committed to our well-being the doctors, the technicians, the nurses, the nurse practitioners, the, the first responders, the emergency personnel, all of those for whom this time frame calls out for the very best that they have. Heavenly Father, would you give that very best to them even beyond their human abilities? We give you thanks because we trust you you told us that when we have this relationship with you, we may ask and you promise to hear. So thank you for hearing. And thank you for what you're doing even now to strengthen and heal and bring peace into a world that is weak and broken and in anxiety. It's in the strong name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. One more thing before we go. If you'd like to be a part of helping to meet the needs of people around you, if you'll go to our app, if you don't have it, you can download it from the app store on your mobile device, the Apple store or the Google store. If you'll go to that and download, it just says Eastside Church. Be sure you get the one in Anderson, Indiana. And that app will give you opportunities and a sign-up place where you can sign up uh, to either help us resource people who are hurting in this time, or if you need resources, you can sign up there to get them. If you don't have an app or a mobile device on your computer, if you'll just email info, info at eschog.org, schog.org, we'll be sure to get you in touch with someone who can either help you find a way to help or can give you the help that you need. We believe God has placed you in this place and this time for a reason, to bring the hope of Jesus to the world. So won't you join us as we do that as the people of God? Thanks for watching. We'll be back next week. We hope that you will too.